Hey folks, you're listening to an episode of Cultural Lenses, a show about life from the perspective of an Indian man who grew up in the Middle East and is now living in Canada. Cultural Lenses is hosted by Nikhil Chodimela, otherwise known as LR11, or more simply as LR. LR is part of Casual Master Quest, a podcast network fulfilling all of your gaming needs. CMQ has two shows, Casual Master Quest, a show about video games and everything else not related, and Casual Quest Masters, a Dungeons & Dragons show where LR has an affinity for Goliaths and Pseudo-Dragons. You can learn more about CMQ on Twitter at CMQ Network. LR is also a part of BARS, Becoming an Anti-Racist Society, a place where you can safely educate yourself about matters related to race and how we can better ourselves. Bars is hosted every Friday on twitch.tv slash she snaps at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. The theme song of Cultural Lenses was made by good friends of LR, Revelries. You can find them on Spotify and also on Twitter at Revelries Music. And finally, to keep up with LR and all of what he does, make sure you follow him on Twitter at LRThe11th, on Instagram at lr 11 and on Twitch, where he occasionally streams at twitch.tv slash LR11. Enjoy the show. episode of cultural lenses my name is lr um 11 otherwise known as lr or nick or nickel like whatever you want really it's fine it's okay at this point it doesn't matter anyways um look i can explain i can explain i had my first personal training session the other day and it was both good and bad but i was so knocked out that um I completely forgot that it was a Tuesday. I woke up, you know, I slept and woke up the next day thinking it was a Tuesday. And I'm like, oh, I'm fine. It's all good. Big fucking noon comes and goes. And then I'm like, wait, wait. And I check out everything. I check out the website. I check my calendar. I don't know what's happening with my voice right now. Check out everything, and I'm like, oh, okay. It was it was supposed to, it it was supposed to be right now. Because what generally happens is I'll either record like, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll either record like a Tuesday night or uh, I record the morning of release. Um, and 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 I put it out. You know, I'll get it edited because the whole process takes me about putting uh, putting aside recording. It takes me about at this point twenty minutes to edit. It, it it doesn't take me very long anymore, which I'm happy about. I really am. But <coughs> excuse me, I'm um, 
Yeah, I'm sorry. So I'm sorry about that. We'll be back to normal next week. Um, yeah, because it, just that whole thing kind of threw me off, like what I had planned over the next two days. So this is coming out on a Thursday. I'm recording this on a Thursday before I go out and run some errands because I had some plans for what I wanted to do today. I'm adding a third monitor to my setup. So I wanted to go out and buy some uh, stuff to make that setup possible and like you know i i had plans anyways anyways today's episode is about the five love languages and specifically um uh the book by uh specifically the book called the five love languages the secret to love that lasts uh in a book called uh, that's what the name of the book is written by gary chapman between busy schedules and long days, expressing love can fall by the wayside, is what the back cover reads. Um, Gary Chapman was a, is an author, a speaker, and a counselor, um, and he he's the best-selling author of the Five Love Languages series and the director of Marriage and Family Life Consultants Incorporated. Gary travels the world presenting seminars and his radio programs air on more than 400 stations. For more information, visit fivelovelanguages.com. Now, a couple of things about uh, about this book and why I wanted to talk about it. Number 1. I I'm running out of ideas. <laughs> no, that's not it. Um, I I bought this book because <clears throat> oh my 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 throat is messed up today. I apologize. I'm very sorry. I'm sorry you have to hear me do that. It's undignified, unprofessional, and and it it won't happen again after this episode. It's probably going to keep happening throughout this episode. Anyways, um, I bought. <clears throat> you see. You see, I really don't know what's happening with my throat. Anyways, um, I bought this book because I thought I wasn't being the best boyfriend in my last relationship. I, I, I really did think that I wasn't trying enough or putting enough effort. And so me being me is like, all right, what am I not doing for them? I mean, I'm fine. So it obviously has to be an, an issue with me. Like I've been happy with the way they've been treating me. It has to be an issue with me. So how can I make it better for them? Um, fallacy being that that was never the case. <laughs> I, I did my best and I did everything I had to. So it wasn't true. I am awesome. But that that's kind of what spread this along. And, and I was reading through this and I will say a few things. Uh, number one, um, if you buy this book and you read it, uh, it's, it's, it's very, it, it holds, it makes assumptions and, and it, about, uh, gender based stereotypes and holds true to some old timey ways of thinking, but it's not bad, you know, uh, looking at the person that wrote it, it's an old white dude. Um, it makes sense why some of the ideas presented would be presented the way they are, but it's not, it's never bad from like a judgmentally, like this is the only way it should be done kind of point of view. So, uh, just be prepared for that and just take, uh, some of the advice with a grain of salt. And also I think a lot of this advice is valid for non-romantic relationships as well. 
um, like I read through this book and from everything in this book, it all makes sense. It's basically how to, you know, how, how, how to love other people in, in, in either a platonic or romantic way. Uh, the book talks about his experiences as a counselor. Uh, I'm assuming he got, I would hope he got permission unless he's just using fake names to, to talk about some of these cases, no matter how exaggerated or stripped back the stories are. But a lot of these things, uh, the, the five love languages, the five love languages are applicable to just normal, uh, you know, to, to like your best friends or like your friends or like other people in your life, because everybody, uh, th there's a term that he uses called, we've all got love tanks, right? And the way we act and the way we are and the kind of people we are is different based on how full or empty these love tanks are. And especially when it comes to your significant other, your partner, um, you, you want to make sure that you're doing as much as you can according to what their love languages are. There's even a quiz that helps you identify what your love languages are. Um, you're doing as much as you can uh, to, to satisfy their love language needs. And they're also doing as much as they can to satisfy your love language needs. So the book does go talk about it. It That's the one thing I like putting aside like gender based stereotypes. The book does talk very much about it being a give and take. You know, you know, he, he like a lot of the cases that he provides, a lot of the examples, it's, it's about, you know, fucking Robert was like, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it. Just read it. <laughs> Buy the book, read it. Um, a lot of the cases do talk about a back and forth and a give and take on how maybe one dude was making a mistake with his wife. And then the wife was also like, fuck, made a mistake with how she was treating the dude. And then they were both like, sit down and then go to counseling or they divorce and they talk about it. You know, it's, it's, it's very dramatic. There's some nice stories in this book. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so I, I just wanted to go over them quick. I didn't want to spend too much time on them because I want, wanted, you know, I'd like, you should all read the book, I think. Um, and, 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 and think about employing some of these things. Sorry, I'm just running through the book right now because I made some, uh, I, I stopped, uh, I, I made some notes. Um, and so I'm just finding the first of those notes. It is important to for us to be considerate and think about how we're treating even our friends and even even a lot of this advice here is for a majority of the love languages there are some that you'd, you'd have to like strip back just a little bit um just a little bit anyways uh love language number one words of affirmation to remind yourself that words of affirmation is your spouse's primary love language, print the following on a card and put it on a mirror or other place where you will see it daily. Words are important. Words are important. Words are important. Uh, read directly from, from the book. Um, what's nice about, about the entire book is that he, it also talks about how to you know it gives you pointers and steps on like places to start with like if this is your spouse's love language this is where you could start do these kinds of things and then figure out what works for the two of you which i really like it's some like practical grounded simple advice um 
but words of affirmation. Uh, there was a quote that I really like. Let me just see if I could find that. Um, which, which I think, uh, so my recording stopped and that was the first time that happened. Anyways, I didn't lose anything and I didn't even go on that much. Um, so verbal compliments are far greater motivators than nagging words. Now, um, some of these quotes are like common sense, you would think, but you'd be surprised. If anything, from what we've learned this week, or from the last couple of months, it is very difficult to not. So, verbal compliments are far greater motivators than nagging words. And this, so this is the love language, words of affirmation. And I think uh, words of affirmation is something that can be applied to all everybody from your partner to your homies. Like, they want to be told nice things. They want to be... They, they want to hear that they're loved. Um, it's... Oh, this one's my fucking favorite quote. A soft answer turns away anger. It is, it is very difficult. It is exceedingly difficult to meet difficult negative emotions with kindness and 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 empathy but it is a much more beneficial way of maintaining and building relationships of all types in your life um and this is not something i'm necessarily good at but when i've done it it works encouragement requires empathy and seeing the world from your spouse's perspective or your friend's perspective everybody wants to feel that love they want to feel encouraged um Nobody wants their flaws and like the bad things pointed out. You, you don't have to go out of your way to do that either and spread that negative energy. People want positivity and love in their life. And even just pointing out simple things from time to time um, helps build that. Um, that there lets them know that they're appreciated and they're doing something right. There is like, so at the end of each of these chapters for what these love languages are, there's like a summary, like it's a textbook. And I'm not going to go through the summaries for all of them. Um, I'll maybe pull out some points here and there. Um, and some cool ideas. This is one cool idea is learn to say I love you or other expressions of affirmation in a couple of different languages. Um, which is really cool because a you're, you like just in terms of like advice without thinking of the context, you're putting effort to learn what a different language is like and potentially learn about that culture, gain some exposure, but also you're adding some spice, some variety to the way that you're expressing uh, an emotion or how you feel. Um, and it could be like, you know, like an inside joke, like your own thing with you and your partner. Um, it talks about the importance. So words of affirmation. This is great. This is very important because uh, from every from just from the internet, whether this happens as much in real life or not, I don't know. But just from the internet, there are not a lot of partners that stand up. There, there's not a lot of people that stand up for their partners in front of their parents. And so this specifically says compliment your spouse in the presence of his or her parents or friends. You'll get double credit. Your spouse will feel loved and the parents will feel lucky to have such a great son-in-law or daughter-in-law. Um, yeah, you, you know, you want to like a people don't get support in front of their parents, but also like sometimes the spouses don't really show affection front. Like, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's good to establish um, maybe not boundaries, but like, 
facts or realities about the nature of your relationship and how comfortable you are with that and whatever the different situations are. I have to learn how to be more consistent distance from my mic. I just get too dynamic when I'm doing this. Anyways. Um, this one is great. So there's, there's two more from this and then, uh, I'm going to move on to like the next, uh, love language. Occasionally email or text a note of affirmation during the day or when one of you is traveling, or if you know your spouse is having a hard day, send a link to a funny website. This is a precursor to sending a meme to your homie. <laughs> Um, and the last one is thank you. Thank your mate for something they do routinely and wouldn't expect to be complimented for. And so it's, it's just, it's nice to see like a lot of this advice, um, get, get stripped back and put in terms of a more general context for like friends and family. Um, moving on to the next love language. And the, the one thing that he does say, I think it's at this point is like, um, all love languages come in flavors or varieties. Um, like with the words of affirmation, there was, uh, looking through this chapter, there are different subheadings for, uh, kind words and humble words and encouraging words. Um, so just going over the different types of, uh, language that you could use with your, with your, uh, friends, family, partner, significant other, what have you. Um, and then quality time, um, is love language number two um, and some of the different things are focused attention quality conversation and learning to talk and it goes over some really practical advice over being an, an attentive listener which is fantastic um really because there's there's a lot of people that really don't show um that they're listening or don't really ever care to be in conversations which is fine i'm not going to sit here and tell you like you have to like be a conversationalist and you have to be out there talking to people like it's a necessary skill it is like it is a very helpful skill but it is a necessary skill only in my opinion only in certain cases um with friends family and um your significant other and obviously depending on your job but you need to be able to communicate certain things well with your friends your family and your partner um, if you can't communicate some of the basic core things to them, how are you going to function? Like, how's your, how are you, how are you going to lead a happy life if you can't even get out the basic, like, fucking, I'm feeling angry today because there's some people who just don't do that. There, there are people who will never tell you how they're feeling. And it calls those two people, classify those two people as dead seas and babbling brooks, um, which is funny. Dead seas being people like, honestly, kind of like me where it's like we're super still nothing happens let's see I'll, I'll read this part directly from the book the dead sea goes nowhere it receives but it does not give this personality type receives many experiences emotions and thoughts throughout the day they have a large reservoir where they store that information and they're perfectly happy not to talk if you say to a Dead Sea personality, what's wrong? Why aren't you talking tonight? He will probably answer, nothing's wrong. What makes you think something's wrong? And that response is perfectly honest. He is content not to talk. He could drive from Chicago to Detroit and never say a word and be perfectly happy. 
it's kind of like me like i'm fucking like i'm a fucking empathic sponge and i'll soak all of this up and i'm happy to just sit and talk and listen but when i when i have a problem i'm more than happy well at least now i am very comfortable in saying hey listen i have a problem i need to fucking talk to somebody um and babbling brooks are like the moment something comes in it's like fucking out immediately and they got it they got to talk about it but um there's one here uh oh that's a nice quote learning to listen may be as difficult as learning a foreign language but learn we must if we want to communicate love and 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 so i what i really like is the the many facets of these different love languages because in like quality time you could just be like here's why it's important to spend time with your with your spouse and like what uh, they're looking for no it's like quality time these are the things you have to do during quality time to make quality time quality time um she doesn't really hate your job she sees the fact that she feels so little coming from you another quote from the book and yeah that's the thing like it like he does highlight so he gives an example of where um this dude's like hey you know i'm doing great in my work and i'm spending so much time there and it's only going to be a matter of time before i'm able to buy us that house for me and my you know my wife and my kid um but but she's not happy um what do i do and then he's like well it's it's not that she's not happy with the lifestyle she's not happy with the way um with how much time uh, how much how much you're focused on that even when you come home you're talking about that and that's and and that's not making her feel loved but then he does tell her because i believe this is like a couples counseling therapy you he can't read your fucking mind you gotta use your words woman um which which i'm a big fan of i'm 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 not very well trained in the art of subtlety or coyness so um i'm i'm very much a fan of the direct approach <laughs> um and and he like again with the same chapter there's like he gives lists of like uh with the focused attention here let me let me find that uh here here are tips on on how to pay be an attentive listener maintain eye contact when your spouse is talking and these are just like i'm just uh paraphrasing or just taking a little bits uh don't listen to your spouse and do a spouse and do something else at the same time listen for feelings ask yourself what emotion is my spouse experiencing observe body language and refuse to interrupt like these are practical advice like these are practical bits and tips of advice that are applicable not just for like significant others in your life but for also friends and family he gives a list of even uh things what to actually do for quality time spend a week in the mountains sometimes with the kids and sometimes just the two of you meet her for lunch at a nice restaurant or sometimes just at a at panera which i'm assuming is an american chain possibly when i come home at night sit down and talk with her about my day and listen as she tells me about her day she doesn't want me to watch tv while we are trying to talk and it goes on like just you know these small simple ways of starting to build up that that habit of spending quality time because when when you spend time with uh you know with your spouse when they want to spend time with you they want to know that you're there for them which is why they want your attention you know even if you're not a talker they want to make sure that you're listening that they they want they want to understand that they're important to you as much as they you are important to them and and yeah um it's okay to be also like um it's it's also okay to be 
like maybe a little bit more rigid with that if like again like the the advice he also gives like throughout each chapter is 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 very generic adaptable advice like it's more like start simple and see what works for you and for all of these things like everybody's different and it's okay if you're more of a rigid structured person um the other person wants to spend their life with you for a reason (laughs) so so plan that out you know put that in a schedule make account like whatever plan that out but put aside that time make that effort to put aside that time and and the two of you will be better for it the three of you or the four of you i don't judge it's 2020 um especially with the world ending i don't think we're all in a place to judge um but moving on to receiving uh to receive like fuck it i I have no way of love language number three i feel like i've i'm I'm really enjoying today's episode i'm not gonna lie so far i'm enjoying it i'm having a good time love language number three is receiving gifts um the 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 love language of gift giving um Quote from the book, visual symbols of love are more important to some people than others. Um, because visual, uh, like gifts serve as a, uh, you know, visual reminder of love, uh, be it what, whatever kind of thing that that person feels validated by, because like, you know, some people are, some people are like money. They like gifts. They like, you know, uh, they employ a certain lifestyle and, and some people like seeing a visual representation of that. Um, and that's on the higher end. On the lower end, it's just uh, like otherwise, uh, when I think about any time I've received a physical gift, um, and when I, when I think about the quote unquote cheaper side, um, it generally has more sentimental value and, 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 and it's more indicative of the people, uh, whoever got me that have, have know me. They, they pay attention to me. They pay attention to the things I like. Um, and, and they made a choice, uh, putting aside entirely the monetary value. The monetary value has no impact on it, but they, they made a choice based on things that I like and they've seen that I like. And that makes me feel seen. It makes me feel, uh, you know, cared for, appreciated, um, things like that. Um, and so that's the importance of, of gift giving. Remember, again, I will say, um, a, a lot of this advice is very useful for, uh, friends, family, spouses, partners, significant others. Like it is, it is, it is very important. Um, I think at least to understand the different types of way we can, uh, learn to express our love for each other. Now, this is, a, this is a reference I don't get, and I wonder why, but to invest in loving your spouse is to invest in loving blue chip, in blue chip stocks, not loving blue chip stocks. Um, so I have no idea what that means. I'm not about to Google it, so you're just going to have to be like, oh, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. Oh, that's true. Uh, blue chip stocks. Uh-huh. Um, the one thing I like about this chapter is, and I said there's different flavors to each love language. Um, one of these flavors is the gift of self and and it goes through an example here where um uh, this this wife's father died um yeah the the this wife's uh, sorry i was just making sure i was getting the facts um this dude's wife's mother died um and 
You know, it was a couple of weeks. It was busy. It was crazy. You know, a lot of things going on. And this dude was there for his wife throughout it all. And then like a few days after the funeral, dude was like, hey, I need a break. I'm going to dip. And he dipped and he went to play softball. It's completely understandable. Um, it's, been a, it's a heavy, difficult time for everybody. He was there for his wife throughout a, you know, a good chunk of that. But um, it, this is a counseling session. She goes on to, to resent him and a whole bunch of things happen and they go to couples therapy and they sit down and she's like, frick you for going to play fucking softball when I needed you. And he's like, I was there for you the entire couple of weeks. I thought you'd be okay. I needed some time myself. And what it came down to was, um, uh, she hadn't really expressed that physical presence is, is very important for her and she needed that um uh but she hadn't communicated that when he'd expressed his need to wanting to spend some time alone so that he could recharge himself and so there was no uh way a compromise could have been made at that point because nobody was really saying what they they wanted you know um and so that's the one thing i like is that he he, he is very blunt about like um about saying shit. Again, here's a quote from this chapter. The physical presence of your spouse is important to you. I urge you to verbalize that to your spouse. So, love language number three, receiving gifts can take the form of either the gift of self, your physical presence, um, because, because your spouse, your significant other, your friends, your family, whoever, they just like, it's important to them. It's reassuring to them they like seeing you they like spending time with you or it's it's a it's a actual gift uh, which serves as a visual reminder of your love for them um and and there's some there's some this is my favorite that's my favorite tip in this entire book i love it um this is like this is where and it's not like harmful har, har, bleh, harmful privilege but a little bit of the privilege is leaking enlist a personal shopper if you really don't have a clue as to how to select a gift for your spouse ask a friend or family member who knows your wife or husband well to help you most people enjoy making a friend happy by getting them a gift especially if it is with your money i apologize ignore the privilege statement i did not read this Thing before i just saw a personal shopper i'm like hey, we're gonna put that on the show and see what happens <sighs> okay I'm gonna move on friends picking up some of my friends mannerism and it's kind of fine it's okay i'm okay with this everything is fine this is actually the shortest chapter um love language number four acts of service I wish he would wash the car every week instead of expecting me to do it. I wish he would change the baby's diaper after he gets home in the afternoon, especially if I'm working on supper. I wish he would vacuum the house for me once a week. I wish he would mow the lawn every week in the summer and now and not let it get so tall that I'm ashamed of our yard. I said, Mary, I'm understanding you to say that if Dave chooses to do these four things, you would take his actions as genuine expressions of love towards you. I would, she said. Can you do what she asked, Dave? Yes, he said. And that is a small excerpt from the book, The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love, that last number one New York Times bestseller by Gary Chapman. Um, acts of service is exactly what, as, as, uh, as, they, as they sound. 
Um, no one likes to be forced to do anything and love is always freely given another quote from the book. And I feel like I'm zooming through these, but like acts of service, I have nothing much to say here. It is very much about uh, doing things. And I, I wouldn't say not ex like it's not entirely a selfless thing. Like, you know, you're doing these things, these small things, A, because they make you happy, but because they'll also make the other person happy. You know, like I, I don't have to, we, yeah, I, I don't have to buy a Starbucks for my, for my current roommate when I'm at Starbucks. Like I don't have to, but you know, sometimes I just want to do something nice for people and, and make, you know, them a little, you know, pick them up a little bit and pick me up, uh, to, to see that. So I'll just go out of my way and text them and then just buy them uh some starbucks um let's let's look at the um oh so, so this is the nice thing about the acts of service chapter um the, the, there's a sub subheading called uh flavor of acts of service called doormat or lover and it um, it builds the important distinction between um, at, at what point are you just a servant or are you a thoughtful spouse? Um, a doormat, from the book, a doormat is an inanimate object. You can wipe your feet on it, step on it, kick it around or whatever you like. It has no will of its own. It can be your servant, but not your lover. When we treat our uh, spouses as objects, we preclude the possibility of love. Manipulation by guilt. If you were a good spouse, you would do this for me, is not the language of love. Coercion by fear. You will do this or you will be sorry is alien to love. No person should ever be a doormat. We may allow ourselves to be used, but we are in fact creatures of emotion, thoughts, and desires. And we have the ability to make decisions and take action. Oh boy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Just, just be careful out there folks with, with acts of service. Like the one from the end of this chapter, there's a, there's a summary in my one favorite one from here, which is like just a very simple, thoughtful thing that, um, that works very well as an example is run interference for your spouse during his or her favorite TV show or important sports event. Take care of all the phone calls, kid emergencies and so on. And obviously these are like examples in like a perfect household or whatever, but these are just small, simple, practical advice. Small, simple, practical points of places or things to like, you know, like just start trying to like show that you care and, and, and love the other person but then there's also a limit between where you should express your own feelings thoughts and desires and also there's a boundary before you become a doormat as we just heard and now the we're going to move on friends to the last love language love language number five physical touch i don't know why i whispered that that probably made it even more uncomfortable and awkward for all of you but that's okay because we're going to get through this together Coming up with new ways and places to touch can be an exciting challenge. Please, book. We didn't need to know that. We did not need to know that. 
Um, the body is for touching. Thank you. Uh, if your spouse's primary love language is physical touch, nothing is more important than holding her as she cries. Why can't the dude cry for once? You know? This age is characterized as the age of sexual openness and freedom. With that freedom, we have demonstrated that the open marriage where both spouses are free to have sexual intimacies with other individuals is fanciful. Those who do not object on moral grounds eventually object on emotional grounds. It's making a very dangerous assumption here that it doesn't work out. Um, but physical touch is is important in both, you know, speaking seriously for a moment anyways, is both important in uh, platonic and romantic relationships because people like being hugged. People like that 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 physical security for a variety of reasons. I love hugs. Um, it's a great way of of transferring vibes of of reassuring people of you know. Uh, not to mention the fact that hugs are you know scientifically proven to release oxytocin. I hope. I hope. I hope that's a correct drug. It's a happiness drug. Um, but when it comes to romantic relationships, and I and I don't know if I'm necessarily qualified to get to have this conversation with all of you, I'm going to need to start seeing some IDs here, please, before we carry on. Um, physical, like... Putting aside the non-sexual nature, not that I'm uncomfortable, but I really don't know how to tackle this. Um, physical touch really is is there for reassurance, and and honestly, it, it, to me, um, it it serves as a way of transference of energy, um, transference of like if if I'm consoling somebody, I'm able to. And this might sound a little woo-woo, but like I'm able to send over some of my like stop fucking crying, I'm here to help energy, like here, take my hand, I'll hold you, I'm there for you, stop crying, stop fucking crying, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I'm, an, I'm an idiot. Um, but But you know, like um, you know, one of my favorite things while driving was in, in my last relationship was, um, I'd be driving, she'd be sitting in the passenger seat and, you know, I'd have my hand on her thigh and it was just, it was comfortable for me. You know what I mean? And I cannot explain why specifically, but it was just like, if, if for me more than anything else, it was reassurance. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm no help on this particular chapter right now because it, it is also very important to think uh, to talk about the the amount of touching we do during, um, you know, when it, uh, in the build up for sex. I believe it's called foreplay. Something I really never heard about. Um, there, there, there's some, there's plenty of biological and scientific reasons why foreplay is very important. Um, there is a song known as Wet As P-Word by Cardi B featuring Meg The Stallion that explains what happens when uh, the right amount of... Uh, shit, what's that word? Um, um, 
I, I mean, it, there, there's a classier way of saying when a person has been turned on enough <laughs> through touch, you know, when you've met that requirement, when you've done that. It's, 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 it's a lot of this is also like a lot of these different long, love languages kind of like tied together hand in hand and the definitions kind of meld together. But it, it is an act of, of service when you take that time and that effort and that attention to try and understand where your partner really enjoys or likes to be touched. And you take that effort and that step to, to, to fulfill that. And, and find ways where it becomes enjoyable and fun for, for both parties or whoever is involved. Um, it, it, it takes things and, and makes it last a lot longer, I think. Um, but yeah, uh, that is the five love languages. I hope you've all enjoyed my shenanigans. I've really had fun with this episode. And I'm sorry if you heard that I hit the mic stand. If you did it, that's fine, because RTX voice filtered everything out. Excuse me for the yawn. I'm having a blast today. God. Oh, what a stretch. Golly. Yeah, this is the end of the episode. Um, thank you very much for listening, folks. Uh, those are the five love languages next week. And it will be on time next week. Next week, we're going to have uh, a very special guest on the show. We're going to have a... Um, I'm, I'm bringing on, I've been talking to them. We've been having a good time, but I'm bringing on a sex worker and it is going to be fantastic because there's going to be so much to learn so much. I, I want to learn so much. I want to help you guys learn and understand, and it is going to be great. Um, yeah. Um, I was, I was doing a whole, so for those of you listening to this, I was doing a whole ass whispering bit, but then my audio setup cut out most of that whispering. So it like it wasn't usable. So I'm re-recording this ending right now. Anyways, that's not important. I have a coffee account. If you want to support me, great. If not, that's okay. I'm doing this for you a little bit for me, but mostly for you. Um, the coffee account is going to be in the description of this episode. Um, but otherwise, thank you very much for listening. I had a ton of fun with this episode. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I will see you all next week on time. I love you all. Have a good week. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Stay home if you have to. Vote Biden. And don't forget to never stop. I'm not fucked with that. No, have a good week. <laughs>